You know, it shouldn't even be legal to have this much fun in church. Sin, it, it, being bored in church should be a sin. It really should be. So why not should we, as a church, bring back the fun? We should lead the way. Because Come on, let's admit it. The world is in a pretty dark place right now. Let's bring back the fun. In fact, look over to someone next to you and say, let's bring back the fun. I'm so excited that you've come back to continue our series called Greater Joy. Uh, how many of you guys could use a little bit more joy in your life? You could use a little bit more laughter in your life. You could smile a little bit more. Well, we are discovering how that's possible. And, and we've seen from God's word that there's a big difference between happiness and joy, right? Happiness is what happens on the outside. It's based on your happenings. It happens, it's based on what happens around you. Right? So if uh, the Spurs win, you're happy. If your spouse brings you a big old bowl of cookie two-step from Bluebell, you're happy, right? But this is why so many people are sad in our world, because we're in a pandemic and there's a lot of economic uncertainty and the Spurs are losing and they're not even in the playoffs, right? And, 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 and there's our country, have we ever seen it more divided? There's a lot of unrest and it's difficult. And that's why a lot of people are sad. But we who are followers of Jesus know that there's a difference between happiness and joy because joy is what happens deep inside of you. It's supernatural. It's a fruit of the spirit, love, joy, and peace, right? So it's a fruit of the spirit as we walk in the spirit, as we have a relationship with Jesus, as we grow and follow after him, joy increases. Jesus said in John chapter 15, he said, these words I have spoken that that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. And then in John chapter 16, he said, hey, in this world, there's gonna be sorrows, but take heart. He says, I promise I'm gonna come, I'm gonna be with you and no one will take away your joy. Isn't that a good news? Isn't that a wonderful promise that you can stand on that nobody's gonna be able to take away the supernatural joy that we have inside of us? Now, the Bible gives us a lot of great examples for these two words. A lot of wonderful examples of people who really based their happiness on their surroundings and those who had joy, no matter how difficult their world was. Turn with me in your Bibles to the Old Testament, to the book of Ruth. We'll be looking at Ruth chapter one. Ruth was a Moabite. She was not a Jew. She, was, she married uh, into a Jewish family. Her mother-in-law's name was Naomi, and she was a follower of God, but Ruth kind of married into the family, but this Ruth chapter one discloses that the world was in a difficult time. There was a great famine throughout the land. Disease was rampant. People were dying. People were hungry, including Ruth's husband passed away. Her father-in-law passed away. So now we have Ruth and her sister Orpah and their mother-in-law Naomi, and things were, it was terrible. And, and, and if you were a woman in that day, you couldn't provide for yourself as much. You depended upon a man to help take care of you and your family and protect you. And so it was a very difficult place. And so Naomi made a decision. She says, I'm going back to my homeland. You can go somewhere else. And, and so there was a lot of tension in this moment. Let's, let's read Ruth chapter one, verse 11. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, 
If I should say I have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For whatever, wherever you go, I will go. And when, wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Father, we thank you for your holy word. Lord, help us hide it in our hearts. Holy Spirit, will you illuminate truth that we can apply this to our lives? Father, I know that there are many that are still struggling, who are discouraged, who lack joy in their life. And I pray that we would discover, that we would see a vision of what it can be like to be joyful. And Lord, reveal to us how we can be filled with your joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ruth had every excuse, didn't she, to have a bad attitude. Husband died. She was alone. There was a great famine in the land. Things were difficult. But she chose not to allow herself to be de defeated. She showed loyalty to her mother-in-law. She didn't want to give up. She was going to follow God. And as a result of this, God blessed her. He redeemed her out of her brokenness. God brought a very influential man by the name of Boaz into her life, and she remarried again. They had children. She became part of the ancestral reign of King David and Jesus. Again, she was a Moabite, and, and here she was grafted in. It was because of her faith in God, because of her, her joy and her hope. Now, we know a lot about her. We don't hear a whole lot. The Bible doesn't say a lot about Boaz, but do you know what kind of person Boaz was before he got married? He was ruthless. <laughs> That's right. Step back. Bang! That was a good dad joke. Nothing but net. Some of you are laughing. Some of you aren't even laughing yet. That was a good dad joke. Remember, joy is not based on your happenings, right? You can still have joy even with a bad dad joke. Man, let there be laughter in our house. But here's the reality about joy. Here's a good definition. Joy is a deep awareness that God allows, sometimes orchestrates things for our greater good. How many of you know that you are loved by God? The Lord loves you. Jesus loves you. He wants your greater good. He really does. You got to believe that promise. So the Bible says that all things work together to the good for those who love him. So if you love the Lord and you're following after him, all things includes good things, but it also includes bad things. Some of us think we can only be happy or only can have joy if the good things happen. And then if the bad things happen, we're kind of like Naomi, God's mad at us and we're bitter. 
but we've got to trust in the Lord that he's good. Like we know the end of the story, right? We know at the end of the Bible, Jesus is victorious. And if we're on his side, what's gonna happen? May God just stamp eternity on our hearts, right? Because what we're facing here on earth is just temporal. It's just for a season. It is short compared to eternity that we can be with the Lord, that we can live forever, that there will not be any sorrow, that there will not be any pain, there won't be any tears. Like that's the goal. That's the, so let's just hang on here. But along the way, let's not, lose our joy, we should find reasons to rejoice. We should bring joy to each other. We should bring fun back. Let's bring the fun back. I want to give you four reasons today of why we should bring the fun back. First, fun is intentional. It doesn't happen just by accident. You got to find, you got to find places to insert by faith, joy and fun. That's what Ruth did. Again, she, man, her, her sister left her Naomi told her to leave, but she was persistent, right? She chose. She was like, I'm not going to give up. Imagine the rejoicing at that wedding that the Lord redeemed her. She, she was so grateful that she put her trust in the Lord and she didn't give up. And you've got to be intentional as well. Fun is intentional. We read last week this verse. I want to visit it again. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15. It says, so I recommend having fun because There is nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way, they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. Some of you had no idea this verse was in the Bible, (laughs) right? Like you're working hard and you're even doing God's work, which is a church family. We're a part of the same kingdom assignment to make disciples, to proclaim the good news of Jesus, right? He's crucified, but he's raised from the dead. We have a a responsibility to share that. That's not always easy work. Harvest time requires effort. It requires work. There's some pain there. There's some sweat and tears along the way. And God sees that. He says, hey, don't work so hard that joy is choked out of your life. He says, I recommend having fun. In fact, scripture says there's nothing better to enjoy and to have fun. Some of you have been working so hard that There's no more laughter in the home. There's no more joy in the marriage. And you need to model this for your children. If you don't, they're going to go to the neighbor's house. (laughs) The, the, The Lord wants to redeem and he wants to bring joy no matter what we face, no matter our circumstance, that there can be great joy. And it's time that we bring the joy back. How many of you know there's a difference between a thermostat and a thermometer? A thermo- thermometer, what? It, it, it tells the temperature, but thermostat sets the temperature. Some of you are, maybe you're at a workplace where you have no choice of the people you work with, or you're even in a home and there's people who are discouraged and depressed and it, you, you've used the excuse, hey, people in my life, they're just, they're miserable people and they're depressed and they're discouraged. But you as a follower of Christ can be mature to say, hey, in spite of what's happening around me or who's around me, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose to bring the fun back. I'm going to choose by faith, regardless of how I feel. I'm not going to be led by emotions, but I'm going to choose joy. And look for opportunities for there to be fun, right? This, the past 10 days, every night in my house at the same time, we're playing that old game called Yahtzee. Remember that game? I used to not really like that game. I'll be honest, because it required very little skill and strategy and a whole lot of luck. I've kind of changed my mind a little bit lately on that. But every night we roll the dice and there's something spiritual that happens when you get Yahtzee. 
How many of you know that rush inside of you when you can yell, Yahtzee? Like, you need to make it a priority to bring fun back, to maybe bring back a game, an old game in your, in your house and, and look for laughter, look for ways to have laugh and set the temperature. Say, hey, I'm going to work and these people are not happy. They don't want to be here. But by faith, I want to honor and glorify the Lord with my actions, my attitude, and my work. So you make a determination to walk in there with a big smile on your face and look for opportunities to laugh. Look for opportunities for there to be fun. You know, several weeks ago, when we were right in the middle of the pandemic and we were trying to figure things out and church was looking differently, and we realized there was a great need for, to feed families in our community. We did multiple food drives. You remember those? And then we did drive-in services. On Easter weekend, we did like seven services. It was a lot of hard work. In the middle of that, we did something that was a little bit crazy and, and, and it didn't really maybe make sense, but we took uh, toilet paper, which is, has a purpose in of itself, and we changed the purpose of using the toilet paper to have fun. And someone had the idea, let's just get people in our church family to record themselves on video tossing toilet paper rolls to each other. And we did that. And it, I'm, I look back during the COVID crisis of 2020 and this video of, I've watched it a few times because I'm like, in the middle of a dark period, we found a way to make fun intentional. And, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to find ways to redeem and say, all right, I'm going to make fun intentional, even when I don't feel like it. So fun is intentional. Second, Fun is spiritual. Fun is spiritual. Some of you sit back and you've got a wrinkled brow and you're like, no, fun is not supposed to be spiritual. If you're having too much fun, then you're shallow or you're immature. Or you're not serious about God. And I would argue that the more mature you are in your faith, the more joyful you should be. The Bible says in Proverbs, Chapter 17, verse 22, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Think about someone in your life who has a broken spirit. They're dry, they're discouraged. Now think about someone who's joyful, who smiles. What kind of person do you wanna be? And the Bible says the tonic for being joyful, it says like a merry heart does good like medicine. Some of you are like, man, the, the only medicine that will make me joyful or happy is if we get a vaccine for coronavirus or if, if, if my candidate wins on November 3rd or if the Spurs make the playoffs again, then I will be happening. So we can have joy. We can have fun. We can have laughter. And when we are, it does, it's like medicine. It's like a tonic to our bodies and to our minds. Fun is spiritual. And this is proven by research and science. Doctors say that laughter is very good for you mentally and emotionally and for your body. Your blood pressure lowers. You begin to eliminate hormones like cortisol, stress from your life. It releases endorphins and serotonin. These are all good things for you when you laugh. So you, you just need to look for opportunities to laugh. And even when you don't feel like it, just begin to laugh, right? Just like laugh at my dad jokes to make me feel good, all right? But just laugh, laugh, laugh. There's, all of us have triggers in our life, right? What I mean by that are there's things that, that make us upset. 
and we'll lose control or we'll get discouraged. There's certain words that your spouse may say, right, that angers you. Or if you're driving in traffic on 1604 and someone cuts you off in the middle of traffic, it's like, and then it's just like, it just ruins everything. But what if you say, you know what, before or my next trial or a difficult situation at work or at home or at school, I'm going to choose to just laugh it off. I'm going to choose to find the humor in things. And you just begin to laugh again. Like rediscover that and how important that is that you just, because laughing and fun and joy, these are all deeply spiritual things. Some of you need to laugh at yourself. You're your own worst critic. You get so upset and you just need to laugh at yourself, right? Let there be tension. Let there be, let that be released and, and let there be fun again. So first fun is what? It's intentional, right? Second, fun is spiritual. Third, fun is relational. I think we got it all wrong by calling it social distancing. And I don't know the ramifications after doing this for such a long period of time or what that's going to do to our mindset and relational dynamics. It should have been called physical distancing, but we stay socially connected, right? Because there's a mindset that we've, we've isolated ourselves in quarantine and we're so afraid of everybody else that we're not engaging relationally. And we're, we're not designed this way. God's created us to have relationship with the Lord and relationship and friendship with each other. We need to have community. When we started our church 13 years ago, it started in a, a living room as a small group and we spent so much time in the casino eating tacos and we found that love and laughter plows hearts and it opened up the door to friendship with many people in our community and we were able to meet needs, but we were having a lot of fun. Now, in small groups, there needs to be laughter. There needs to be fellowship. More importantly is Jesus, of course, the word of God, prayer, growing spiritually, but you can't, you can't take out the fellowship. You can't take out the fun and the laughter so I encourage you as a, as a church family to value your small groups and getting together. Now, about a year and a half ago, as our church began to grow, we said, you know what? We need to make sure that we still have fun as a church. And so we said, all right, we're going to make priority to have family nights. That's why we built the pavilion. And now we've built a, a playground for our, our kids so we can come together and have hot wheel races and chili cook-offs and concerts and, and just have a good time together and have fun. But yeah, we're in a season now where that's probably not wise this fall, but we are communicating with our small group leaders to say, hey, you can reserve this for an evening, get together with your small group, get some couple of small groups together, cook out, barbecue, bring your kids, you know, abide by the guidelines, but have a good time. And so I want to, I want to challenge you, small group leaders and coaches, to make this a priority. And, and we will communicate with you through email and give you the master calendar and an easy way that you can register your small group. But let's continue to do that this fall because fun is, is relational. Like bringing fun back happens through relationship. So first, again, fun is what? It's intentional, right? By faith, you just, you persevere and look for the fun. Second, fun is spiritual. Third, fun is relational. Fourth, fun is attractional, right? When you see people having a good time, don't you want to just, part of you just get together? Even if you don't know them, you just want to be around because it, it rubs off on you. 
And, and if you're struggling and you don't have a lot of joy, or fun, I encourage you to say, Lord, who are the joyful people in my life? And I need to spend more time watching them, spend more time being with them. And, and you just watch how that joy rubs off on you. It's important. It's contagious that we need to do this. And we can't blame it on a not having joy or laughter on a melancholic personality or Enneagram type. If we are a follower of Jesus, joy is not optional. It should be a fruit of the spirit that is so contagious that when people see our joy, they know that it's not natural, that it, that it should point to Jesus, that we, especially during the difficult times, especially in the trial, when we don't lose our smile and we can have joy, what a witness it is to a dark world and people who are around us. Now, I know how hard it is to maintain and stay focused and try to be joyful when you don't feel like it. Right? Like when there's a time of mourning or grief or sorrow, but we can look at Jesus and yes, there was a cross, but there was a resurrection. And even in our life, there can be some dark nights and difficult times, but by faith, we can trust the Lord that he will bring joy, that it will follow those sorrowful times. We just can't give up. We have to trust the Lord. We have to spend time in his presence. About a year and a half ago, I went through my dark night of the soul. It was a, probably the most difficult season of my life. I was burned out emotionally, physically. There were so many things that just made me miserable in the flesh. But I knew as a, as a follower of Christ, as a son of God, that, that the Lord would redeem if I didn't give up. And so my days turned into weeks. And I remember just like not feeling like praying, you know, not feeling like worshiping or praising, but how many of you know you can't be led by your emotions? As a follower of Christ, you gotta be obedient to what you know is true. And the Lord deserved my honor and praise and worship regardless of how I felt, regardless of what I was going through. And every evening I would take this Thanksgiving prayer walk on a trail outside near my house. I got a hold of this one song. It was by Chris Renzema. The song's called Fountain. And, and the lyrics I began to sing even when I didn't feel like it, but it became my go-to song. I'm gonna put the lyrics behind me. It says, let my bones that once were broken dance now. Now, if I could sing appropriately, I would sing, but I don't wanna, I don't wanna steal anybody's joy. <laughs> um, but it says, let my heart that once was shattered rejoice. Let my light that once was dimmed down shine out and let that garden snake lies be unmade and water flow. And I began to sing that over and over. And I was like, Lord, I don't feel like dancing. I don't feel like it, but you know what? I don't got any rhythm and I don't feel like it, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And I began to dance on that trail and I began to sing out. And although it, in the natural realm, it didn't feel right, what happened there's, is there was a, something that happened. It, it just broke something in the supernatural realm. And, and I began to just rebuke the enemy's lies. I began to not focus on my surroundings or what I was going through, or what the doctors were saying, or I, I wasn't, because what we do when we go over those things over and over in our mind, it only causes, I began to make an effort to focus on who Jesus is, his character, his nature, and to believe that if he's true and he's real, that he's gonna work all things together for the good to those who love him, he would do that for me. And what happened, when I was doing this in the, by faith, it, it happened where some, somewhere along the way that, that it, it became natural out of the overflow of my heart and my smile returned naturally. 
and I didn't have to feel like I had to fake it or do it by faith. And there was just joy overflowing. And so as difficult as 2019 was, it prepared me for 2020. It makes this year feel a lot easier. But I value who Jesus is and he was there every step of the way. And I wanna encourage you that know how difficult things may feel around you, you don't, or other people may feel sorrowful, but by faith, you can be intentional and that laughter can return. And by faith, you may have to choose to praise the Lord and stand upon his word and be in his presence. And God will produce the fruit of the spirit, joy in your life. And God will produce the fruit of the spirit, joy in your life.